0: The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Anal sex. Good fight. good night.
1: <laughs> Indeed, and apparently coming soon once again to MTV with Ice Cube in charge, Eric. I totally watched that.
0: Oh hell yeah! So okay. he, so, so he's I making
1: that end a new buddy. Friday. I mean, I'm not so much worried about the Friday. What did you say, Jason?
0: I want
2: a buddy cop movie with Ice Tea and Ice Cube. just call it Ice. <laughs> <laughs>
3: just, ice, 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 baby.
2: Ice out. You know, uh, and then you put Vanilla Ice is the villain. Ice, <laughs> <Next> ice,
0: baby. <laughs> Oh, you know, exactly. Wait, wait, wait. First of all, this is copyrighted under W2M Network in the kickoff Thursday, December 12th, 2019, 1234 a.m. Timestamp, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: if anything resembling a movie fa- comes out following this formula, we want royalties, bitches. All right, let's get to it. Uh, Good. Evening, afternoon, whenever you're listening, everybody, and welcome to episode 14 of season three of The Kickoff here on the W2M Network. I had to take a second to think. It's the 15th week, but we missed one, so this is our 14th episode. I am your host. My name is Harry Broadhurst, once again, back at you in live, living color, although audio podcast, you wouldn't know. Regardless, (laughs) once again, filling 100%, thankfully, a couple of weeks of being under the weather, back at it, ready to take the helms back over. I want to thank Eric for doing a wonderful job filling in his host in my stead. Yeah,
0: that was no real biggie. I mean, just keeping the seat warm for you. And you know. yeah, if anybody knows about live and living color, and I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> uh, all I'm going to say is you are keeping the seat warm,
1: but not the chair. True. Very the true. The voice you just heard is the executive producer turned
0: co host, Eric Watkins. Oh. Oklahoma,
1: where the team comes sweeping down the field. Oklahoma, where the wagon sometimes loses all its wheels. (laughs) The voice you hear laughing there is the co-host turned executive producer,
3: Brandon Biskibing. And the Pac-12 is officially a dumpster fire.
1: Don't worry, we'll talk about that in a few moments. Dun, dun, dun. Dramatic reverb. Finally, the chairman of the W2M network, Jason Teasley.
2: Nick Saban just asked Jalen Hurt, "Where's he going?" and he said, "The playoffs."
1: <laughs> I saw something. I, I forget on which uh, which Facebook group I was in that I saw it on. Joe Burroughs is now playing for LSU after being told that he couldn't play at Ohio State.
0: I read that article. Hey, yeah, man. the whole division 3 school.
1: comment. Like the entire, like the backup from uh, Ohio State went to where was it was it um who's the other one i'm losing my mind
0: here well which backup because it was jt barrett then dwayne haskins then joe burrow that was the quarterback room at one time in columbus
1: burrow went to lsu because he couldn't get on the field at ohio state ohio state now playoffs along with oklahoma who has former alabama quarterback jalen
3: hurts It would have been interesting if Alabama would have made it, since you know Oklahoma would have had the added uh, thing of Hertz trying to get revenge on Oklahoma. And now, if uh, if LSU and Ohio State meet in the uh, finals, then we could potentially have that possibility of uh, Burrow trying to get revenge on Ohio State.
0: Yeah, well, I don't, don't well, be if, worried if, about revenge in Alabama. We'll stay tuned on that one. <laughs> Hashtag tease. Yeah,
2: if, um, if things would have played out, they already had. Uh, if Oklahoma would have missed the playoffs, they already had it. They was doing everything in their power to get the Oklahoma-Alabama get, game for a New Year's Day uh, ball.
1: Well, I wouldn't be surprised, too. And then, did you see where Alabama ended up uh, facing Harbaugh and Michigan? That'll be an interesting conversation to have next week here when we preview some of the bigger bowl games here on the kickoff. But for now, let's get back to where we usually start on this show. This is Studs and Duds. Eric, your stud for the week.
0: Yes, we know that very few people, if any, sat through the most garbage that was the Dolphins and Jets. Yes, we all wish that they could have recreated what they did in 1980 and have that as a game with no announcers whatsoever. We would have been fine with that. But out of that rough I mean, came a diamond. Hmm? Real quick, to be fair,
1: if Kevin Harlan calls a game and nobody's watching, does it really happen? <laughs>
0: fair point, a fair point. But out of that diamond, or out of that rough, came a diamond in the form of one Jason Sanders. only, Yeah, only one man in the history that is in the National Football League has ever kicked eight field goals in one game. Only one had ever attempted eight field goals in one game. Sanders became the second for those eight attempts, and he set a Dolphins franchise record, making seven of them. Yes, while it was no Rob Baronis, it's good enough in my book to be stud-worthy this week. Especially following up with that uh, touchdown catch from last week.
1: Well, I will say this much. As for the brand as Jason Sanders was, seven field goals is impressive. The Dolphins still found a way to lose to the Jets.
0: Thanks to, what else, a game-winning field goal?
1: By Sam Kickin' Ficken. Great oh picking God. job. Hmm.
2: Jason, Just stud. Quick. My stud right now is an honorary stud. And Harry, you'll get the reference. I love bunnies. I love bunnies. You'll mm-hmm. get that reference tomorrow America. afternoon.
1: No, I don't need to get that reference tomorrow afternoon. I, 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 I too love Canadian bunnies.
2: <laughs> oh, no, you, you, you trust me. When you say what I'm seeing right now, you'll love bunnies even more. You know what? Son, I'm just
0: going to shut up right now, let my mind wander for a few minutes. I may be back, I may not be. We'll stay
3: tuned. Eric's completely out of the loop on this one.
1: Oh, no,
0: I'm oh about to God. fill him
3: in. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Continue yeah, your thought.
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I currently, I'm just drawing a blank because there's bunnies on my screen with puppies. Um. But my stud is actually Drew Brees, who threw for 349 yards and five touchdowns in a shootout of the NFC between the Saints and Niners. Um, I was really surprised about this game. I really thought that it would be a low-scoring game. Uh, I was facing Drew Brees and Michael Thomas in the first-round playoffs of my Big Money Fantasy Football League, Um, and Murphy's Law kicked in and everything that could go wrong with my team did. And you got
3: rickety-rickety-wrecked?
2: Let's just say that um, I faced off against Drew Brees and Michael Thomas. Oh, hello. Uh, Mike (laughs) Evans. Mike Evans went down. Uh, I had David Montgomery as a starting running back. Uh, He did absolutely nothing. Um, the tight end for the Jets went out with the injury. Devontae Parker goes out with the injury. So, yeah.
3: Yeah, you got screwed.
2: Yeah, so it was was a... It it was the Murphy's Law effect. (laughs) Fancy football. So, for that alone, and personally, him and Michael Thomas screwing me out of a a back-to-back championship, uh, my stud will be
3: you Drew Brees, Brandon Stud. My stud for this week is Ryan Tannehill, who went for 391 yards and three touchdowns in the win for Tennessee over Houston, which I don't think anyone expected.
1: Certainly yeah. not the Dolphins fans when they let him walk. <laughs>
3: That's well, sure. That was
0: more an Adam Gase thing than anybody else. And they're like, oh, crap. <laughs> we had the wrong guy this whole time. I don't.
1: I don't dislike things in Miami. I just don't think they have a franchise quarterback right now. And I say this is somebody who's a big fan <laughs> of Ryan Fitzpatrick. of everything he's done for me over the years everything he did for us up over the years up in Buffalo
2: I think Rosen's going to be the answer there it's just you have to get some help around him
1: and granted they did trade away his best weapon right before the season started and his best offensive lineman right before the season Mm -hmm. started sending Laramie Tunsell and Kenny Stills to Houston at the same time though I don't think any of us really could have predicted the dumpster fire that the Dolphins would become this
0: season. Well, Considering this, how we pretty much had them penciled in as tanking for Tua the whole way, it's just uh, how hot is that dumpster fire burning? How well, high no, the flames are going that we didn't anticipate. Before the season started, we didn't anticipate them being
1: as bad as they were, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. And Once the performance in the a, first couple of weeks, yes. Go ahead, Jason. Sorry.
2: They've, they've actually played a lot better the second half of the season. I mean, it's not like they're, they're the dumpster fire they were the first half. I mean, you've seen some bright spots the second half of the season. Devontae Parker coming into his own and showing that he can be a receiver. fits Magic, you know, having great games. Occasionally, you know, it's there's there's they've they've progressed throughout the season rather than regress.
1: Then again, the Redactants have won two in a row as well. So mm-hmm. who are
3: we to it, it's a All weird. Right. Well, I think the Bengals probably have uh, the number one overall pick locked up at this point. Well,
1: I don't think they do. Well, no, not
3: officially, but, you know, considering yeah. how the.
1: Well, there's a certain team in New York over in the NFC. Yes,
0: yes, yes.
2: Well, we played the Dolphins this week, so we might be able to get a win.
0: Um. Yeah, about that. <laughs> All right, let's move, <laughs> let's move
1: on. My stud for the week is the LSU Tigers. Um, Yeah, so everybody was talking. If Georgia keeps this close, then Georgia probably gets in. If Georgia can keep this a one-score game, Georgia probably gets in because this will only be their second loss, but it'll be to the number one team in the country, and they'll be undefeated. Yeah, y'all got your asses whooped in Atlanta. Joe Burrow pretty much sealed the Heisman Trophy.
3: Can, can someone please explain to me how, uh, for Georgia, it's a home field disadvantage at the Georgia Dome? Or, well, now, Mercedes-Benz? Because, technically, they're in Athens, not Atlanta. I know this, but it's still, you know, you would think that they'd get much more fans. It's...
0: Yeah, but considering how they also wear the same colors as the Atlanta Falcons, and we all know how they are in uh, certain games and even having any sort of a lead. You get the idea. Yeah. Seventeen to three at
1: halftime, thirty-four to three after the third quarter, and you could see droves of Georgia fans leaving as the third quarter ended on a video that got posted online. Within Bears to the bulldogs and deservedly so. Oklahoma is off to the college football playoff. Why Oklahoma? Well, segue. So, the most anticipated game on Showdown Saturday was the SEC championship. One of the other more anticipated games on Showdown Weekend, Championship Weekend, was the big te- or was the Pac-12. Little, 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 the Pac-12 title game. Easy for me to say. Good grief. Let's try this again. One of the other most anticipated games was the Pac-12 championship game because number five Utah was considered to be a lock to enter the college football playoff if they could beat Oregon and finish off a twelve-in-one season. That loan loss coming to USC on the road on a short week. Well, Oregon had something to say about that. 20 to nothing at halftime, 23 to 15 after three. So the Utes were thinking about getting back into it, and then they didn't score another point. 37 to 15, the Oregon Ducks, as predicted by York Truly, by the way knock Utah and the Pac-12 out of the college football playoff. Way to choke when it mattered most, Utes. Bravo.
3: Now, the big question that I have in regards to this, we were talking about this earlier on in the season, does the fact that the conference pretty much choked their way out of the playoffs instead of getting screwed over, does that change anything in regards to the Pac-12 potentially still trying to do something?
0: somewhat it's going to be a more fervent discussion it's going to have a different tone but i think overall the mentality doesn't change well i would argue that if you're
1: going to do eight and if you know let's save that for later let's curtail that for later because we have an entire thing coming up on that later on in the show yep so lsu are my studs utah are my duds it's segued. I'm sorry, Eric. I know you usually leave these off. You make give us your dud now.
0: Don't uh, don't sweat it because I had kind of a slight segue slash really, really quick callback. Yeah, um, Niners and Saints defenses, you realize how many underbetters hate you right now? And do you realize that the fact that you both kind of uh, disappeared? and let Jimmy G and Drew Brees kind of do their thing, how much you screwed me over in FanDuel. Yeah, both of those units are my guts. I'm not complaining at the overall result. Game of the year, walk-off field goal, everything was great. But uh, could you have given me a little bit of a heads-up because I could have profited off of it at least? (laughs) (laughs) See, I would have
1: been on the over on that game personally. Yeah,
0: but all of those points and things, here I am thinking, I got a little bit of extra cash. Maybe I should finally go for it and enter the Sunday Million on FanDuel. Yeah, no, no.
1: Womp, womp, womp. Jason
2: Dudd. Uh, My dud is actually the uh, Houston Texans who coming off of a surprising win versus... Tom Brady and the Pats let rookie Drew Locke light them up. Locke and Noah Fant uh, lit this defense up, that was a able to, you know, mostly contain Brady and the Pats. But then they come out and shit the bed versus Denver. And to that, I mean, this is. I think they were looking past Denver and Drew Locke and the ups and downs that Denver has experienced this year, and I'm just going to go out on a limb and say uh, Kansas City might want to watch out because this this Denver team has one versus Deshaun Watson. Who else have they be? that's Uh, let me see here. I know it was the Sean Watson. uh, I let's see, Brady, and then
1: Denver beat Denver beat New England.
2: Yeah, no, no. Denver beat.
1: Hold on. I'll tell you what. I'll look that up for you. The
2: Colts. The Colts.
1: another let's let's let Bisco give his let's let Bisco give his
3: dad yeah, and will we'll look this up real quick Bisco what's your dad my dad for the week in spite of the fact that they actually won the game is the New York Jets for basically taking the bend but don't break uh, philosophy to its ultimate limit and almost losing the game in the process
1: well, I do believe there was an excellent coach who was unfortunately long longer with us. Who used to say, "You play to win the game."
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, no,
1: that, that wasn't Dennis Green. I thought that. No, that, was that no, that
3: was Herm Edwards. Herm said Edwards that.
0: at Arizona State. Well, now Dennis yeah, Green in is who we are, who we thought they yeah. were.
1: Or they are who we thought they were. Yes, that. <laughs> So apparently, none of us can get our quotes correct tonight. Good grief! We're off. body with somebody. You know what it is? We're not used to recording on Wednesday anymore.
0: <laughs> not to mention bunnies. That's my <laughs> excuse, and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> Look what you guys have done. Chargers, Titans,
1: Browns, Chargers again, Houston. So Philip Rivers twice. Marcus Mariota, Tannehill, and Mayfield. I think
3: Mayfield. That
1: was
3: i believe Brady. it. did
1: play, play Brady?
3: No, they haven't know. played. They haven't even played the uh, Patriots this year.
1: The only team in the AFC East that Denver played was Buffalo, when they got it, or not the Patriots. The Broncos played was Buffalo, and they got it handed to them, twenty to three. The they're
0: play, they off playing the Texans coming off, playing those Patriots in pretty much their game of the year. So that was naturally going to be a letdown. I think Kansas City doesn't have it as bad as people think.
2: I'm, I'm going to say that I would not be surprised if they surprised Kansas City.
1: I would be very surprised if they surprised Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would not be. How confident um, of that prediction are you? Will we find out later?
0: Dramatic reverb, and I'm looking at it.
1: Possibly. All right, let's move on here. So that's studs and duds now that we finally got everybody's numbers figured out. Herm Edwards, I apologize for thinking you were Dennis Green and deceased. Rest in peace, Dennis Green. Let's move on.
0: So that happened, Eric. Well, for all the talk of the group of five, for all the talk of coaches looking and making moves, you can add another one to that list. After Don't leaving- take my pick! Hmm?
1: Don't take my—I'm being facetious because you tried to
0: take it in the group chat earlier this week. Eric Gunabisco. Yes, but I caught myself. Hashtag accidental Bisco. Hashtag <laughs> never pull Bisco. But anyway, never never full (laughs) bisco. after (laughs) after leading the Memphis Tigers to their third straight American Athletic Conference Western Division title and finally getting over the hump and winning the whole hidden caboodle, booking themselves a Cotton Bowl. Coach Norvell is like, hmm, there's a dumpster fire in Tallahassee that I need to save. So, uh, Florida State looks like they finally got their man. I'm hoping not. We'll see what happens.
1: Correct me if I'm wrong. Now that uh, you mentioned Norvell going from Memphis to Florida State.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: This happens because Willie Taggart was fired at Florida State.
0: Correct.
1: And Willie Taggart being fired at Florida State led to Willie Taggart landing a job at a different place.
0: Correct.
1: Dare I say segue?
0: You dare. I dare. Willie
1: Taggart landed a job at Florida Atlantic University.
0: And for but those wondering... Wonder. Hey, wait a minute. Didn't for Florida the- Atlantic have a coach? <laughs> Florida Atlantic used to have a
1: segment on this show. <laughs> the lane train is rolling back into the SEC. Oh, wow. <laughs> Old Miss has hired Lane Kiffin to be its new head coach. Is
3: this oh, the this. is this the most amount of teams? Now obviously one he was only a coordinator. But is this the most amount of teams one coach has coached in a single conference? I mean, he's got to be up to like four or five now, right? Yeah.
1: At least four different SEC teams, Alabama, Tennessee, Ole Miss. I think he was an assistant somewhere else in the SEC as well. Eric, can you pull up that Wikipedia and get his uh, coaching history for me?
0: Absolutely, because I know one of those was the USC job, and then he was with the Raiders.
1: The point being is that after leaving Alabama as a coordinator to become the coach at Tennessee, getting fired at Tennessee, leaving Tennessee and ending up at Florida Atlantic, Lane Kiffin has made his way back into major college football after taking Florida Atlantic to back to back to back. Conference USA
0: Championships. Good Lord, I didn't even know he was here. Jesus. He was in in Miami as well? No, he was in Jacksonville's offensive quality control uh, coach for the Jaguars. (laughs) His college jobs, Fresno State, Colorado State, then USC, then Tennessee, then back to USC as a head coach. After spending your time as the two different position coaches, an offensive coordinator slash passing game coordinator, then a coordinator at Alabama, then Florida Atlantic, and now. So only three SEC schools.
1: But like eight overall, which has Mm got to be up in terms of most college coaches.
0: Two, three, four, five. This would be his seventh.
1: My point being is how many other coaches that are actively involved in football can say that they coached at seven different universities?
3: I, I mean, I mean, his, his nickname that we've come up with him is quite apropos considering he moves around a lot. The Lane Train gets around the country. I'm just saying now I, I dub that we renamed that segment
1: the Lane Train Moving Company. <laughs> <laughs> I have no interest in talking Old Miss football next season. No, however, no, the, not at all. I think will not be returning. No. All right, Jason. So that happened.
2: So that happened. Um, does anybody know who Tim Ryan
1: is? The congressman from the state of Ohio.
2: No, the radio, the forty nine radio color analyst who made comments. Yes, about <laughs> Ravens Lamar Jackson, who is an African-American, and stated that he has a, a, a slight advantage due to his dark skin when faking handoffs. Tim Ryan has, uh, has since been suspended by the 49ers and for his thing. And to top, the, top it off, the, uh, Lamar Jackson earned a little bit of credit for me the absolute hilarious thing that he done this Sunday. Did any of you notice what yes, he done?
3: Yes, I did.
2: He wore I... solid white sleeves.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> to, ah, that's to, funny. To, to stick it back to old Tim Ryan. But this begs the, the question. You know, this, this is just an inter, interesting topic. You know, um, Eric would yeah. you have a, would you have an advantage playing quarterback?
0: Me personally no. But that's just because of my complexion. Now granted, if it's maybe at night before they turn the lights on and I'm wearing dark gloves, kinda, <laughs> but for me it would be a stretch. <laughs>
1: I have no athletic ability to play the quarterback position, therefore I would be at a disadvantage regardless. <laughs> I feel like I would be like a punter. <laughs> All I'm saying is I'm for the brand over here.
0: I was about to say, them. don't let McAfee or something like that.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just saying that
2: um, in the, the quote-unquote current climate in the NFL, why
1: pick
2: a- out the Lamar Jackson, of all people. Well, is this
3: the first time that the 49ers have faced a team that has an African-American quarterback this season?
2: It wasn't even that. It was... Well, no, they faced Russell Wilson, who
1: is... And lost to Russell Wilson. Yeah. be black quarterbacks. Um,
3: <laughs> Apparently, no um, one seems to be able to this season. Yeah, I there's mean, that.
2: I'm just saying that you know, Lamar Jackson is probably one of the. I mean, he's up there with one of the humblest QBs you'll come across. I mean, legitimate players.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You don't see. You don't see him like. In the news a lot for any anything outside of his football play, unless it's like goodwill stuff. So why would you just attack somebody like that? Because not only is it a a douchebag move,
1: I I think I have the answer for that, Jason. I'm pretty sure they're probably letting the announcers drink on the job in San
0: Francisco. Well, I mean, considering it's San Francisco, it would be more apropos if you let them smoke on it. Yeah.
3: Uh
1: Can confirm. The two losses are to the only two quarterbacks of color that they've played this season. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, I take that back. They beat Kyler Murray twice.
3: Well, it's the Cardinals, so...
1: Yeah, he doesn't really have a whole lot around him outside of Fitzgerald. So I think David Johnson was injured for those games. All Mm -hmm. right, Brandon, I already know what you want to discuss, and I figured this was going to be a big talking point on this show, so why don't we go ahead and get into it. So that happened. Um,
3: The Patriots had a very bad week this week. To start off, they lost the game on Sunday after a clearly blown call that everyone could blatantly see that, he did wasn't not
1: named Robert Taylor.
3: What <laughs> two phone calls? I'm mostly <laughs> that... talking about the one with where I I forget who it was, but where they said he stepped out of bounds, but you could clearly see that he did yes. not on the replay. And then to top it all off, they then get accused of videotaping the Bengals practices going back. Okay. For... Once no, again, no, 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 they were not accusation.
1: That was not an accusation. That was a fact. No, there no, okay. Okay. There was a Patriots film staff in the Browns press box filming the Cincinnati sideline. Yes. Okay.
2: And so, everybody wonders why the Patriots have been playing it's shitty. A, They're so, getting so, the fucking so, plays from the Bengals.
3: So All once right. again, they get caught another Spygate 2.0, and this is the Bengals we're talking about. This isn't like some great team that they have to be threatened by. This is the Uh, Bengals. So what do you think they do against the real teams of the NFL?
0: I mean, when Belichick said on to Cincinnati, we didn't think he meant this.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so, I mean... Let's first
1: of all... Real quick, Bisco, okay. because there, this actually does require a little bit of a backstory yeah. about this story. Yeah. The rumors and allegations that the Patriots stated was that it was for an in-house project called Do Your Job, which is a film, which is a film segment that they do with a team that gets posted on their Facebook page. In addition, they got permission from the Browns to film inside of the press box. However, the Browns did not let the Bengals know that they had permission to film inside of the press box. And when a Cincinnati staffer saw the guy in the New England Patriots outfit, he informed the National Football League officials on site. Okay. A, why are you filming the Bengals? What are you possibly going to learn? B, if it were a different team that didn't have a reputation for doing this, I'd be a little bit more Mm -hmm. forgiving of the fact that it was said that it was for an in-house an in-house um, montage segment thing that they put together there. But there is literal documentation that has come out before that if Patriot members are found to be caught filming or anything, they are said to be told to say that it is because they are filming for an in-house documentary.
3: Hmm.
0: Have you seen this uh, article?
3: No, I, I have. have. And they
0: had that way back in 2007 after the original Spygate.
1: It says to blame it on the fact that they're filming for an in-house documentary. Belichick denies any and all access about this, knowing anything about this here. Me thinks Belichick does protest too
0: much. Oh, yeah, definitely. Not not to mention the fact that it's like, oh, craft TV and craft productions. I can tell you one thing that he's glad that there was no craft TV of, but I digress.
3: (laughs) But, I mean, I, I hate to be that guy. But how how badly, because it just keeps on happening, it seems like every other year we have some sort of new scandal that comes about when it comes to the Patriots. How much does this hurt the Patriots' legacy? And while, yes, it's normally not based around on-the-field things, uh if this were the NCAA, how many of those Super Bowls would vanish?
1: Jason, you haven't really chimed in much here. What are your thoughts about this?
3: Um
2: I one I I think I think this is gonna define Goodell as a commissioner. Um if he takes a swift hard action Thank um, you. Yes, want. And well, well I, I, I don't think he has a choice. For one, it's it's the Patriots who everybody, you know, wants to see the downfall of. For one. Two, second incident second instance of this happening. Three, you know, he he has to get some credibility back after all the all the screw ups that he's had in the past couple of years, so he's got to try to save face somewhere. So yeah. I think that I think that this is going to be the this could this could be the thing that turns Goodell's um, commissionership around and he can make a statement with it and gain a little bit of respect back from other teams in the league.
0: Well, well the, he's already on the eight ball in that regard because multiple executives from other teams have already requested and demanded to see the Patriots footage that they got. And Goodell has said, no,
3: exactly. So I don't expect him to do anything. Although to Jason's point, does it change how he, I don't think it will, but could it potentially change how his outlook on this is this year as compared to others because it is a CBA year?
1: I don't think it matters at this point. I honestly don't think that mm-hmm. Dell really cares about his no. public image with the other teams in the National Football League.
3: No, Pro- I, I, I agree with Gidell- you.
1: I don't think Goodell cares about his public image when it comes to the fans of the National Football League anymore either. Reason I mean, he to- kind of speaking, basks it, in the booze
3: have- at this point at the draft.
1: What you're going to have to do at this point is you are either going to have to have a group of teams stand up and say that, no, we want him out and we want him out now, or otherwise you're going to see other teams beyond the just the Patriots starting to push more and more of the envelope of what they can and can't get away with. It'll be like the Astros thing going on in Major League Baseball right now.
3: But what's going to be funny is that, and, and I could see it happening, is that another team does say, "Oh, if they're doing it, I try to do it." But it's a lesser, it's a less prestigious team. It's a team that Goodell feels is expendable, and they get the 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 hammer put brought down on them, and then all hell breaks loose because of it.
1: When is, his, uh, when is his deal up with the NFL?
0: Eric, that, you would be the one that yeah, would probably Eric know this. Eric would the be the one to know those. that. I know with this CBA coming up, I think he's still got about another year or so after that because his last deal was for five years.
3: And wasn't that in like 2016, I think?
0: I could have sworn. I can... it was, yeah, it was 2018. Oh, it was 2018. It okay. runs through 2023.
1: Okay, so we're stuck with at least three more years of this prick in charge.
0: Yep. Basically, unless again yeah. they decide 23... to do yeah, during this
1: year.
2: 2023 is when his contract ends. I just looked that.
1: Where have you gone? Paul, Tagliabue, (laughs) NFL, (laughs) I
3: I, I think all four leagues need new uh, commissioners at this point.
0: I don't know. I like Adam Silver, especially with what he wants to do with the NBA season. Manfred, right now to me, he's getting a lot of the job done, delivering on most of his promises. Not to mention some rules that he just changed, which I like. So
1: Also, when it, com- when it comes to Manfred as well, you got to think about what was handed to him by Bud okay. Seelig.
0: Exactly. Bud Seelig and Gary Bettman can kiss my ass.
3: He, he's trying to like, hurt uh, the minor league system a lot, though.
1: That well, I don't different think. Conversation, different conversation, different podcast. Yes. Let's move on, get back on track here, gentlemen. Maybe we could do like a sports-themed one in the offseason for football, <laughs> just sports in general. We'll I'd, have be to down. Look.
3: I'd be down. We'd have,
1: to look. We'd have to look into that. But anyways, let's get back on topic here. Let's move on from So That Happened Here. We have a – I've got a question set up. However, it's going to be somewhat of an extended conversation, so we're going to postpone it until after I'm a Survivor, where congratulations are in order as myself and Eric have some company on the throne. we got to get one of the super thrones built at this point. It's going to be like a Game of Thrones throne.
0: There'll be room for all three of us. We don't have enough swords to make an iron throne that big.
2: <laughs> but we sure got enough pricks to make one.
1: And the chief prick in charge just tied the throne. Jason just got his sixth win in a row as he correctly predicted Minnesota's victory over – I don't even remember who Minnesota played. Uh, Detroit? That sounds right. We'll go with that. I was correct in picking Atlanta over Carolina, and I picked that game against the spread too. I mean, I didn't have it as my argument series against the spread, but I should have because Atlanta fucking rolled Carolina. Brandon finally gets back on the board with his Green Bay pick. Eric, let's talk about New England.
0: Look, I was never so happy to be so entirely wrong in my life. I'm just going to say that.
1: Speaking of which, fun fact, and they talked about this on CBS as well when they did that. Uh, The New England Patriots three losses. Are all three to playoff teams, fellow division leaders in the AFC?
2: Yeah, did. Isn't their record? They, although their wins have came against subpar.
0: Uh,
1: well, they, teams. They, do have a, they do have a win over nine and four Buffalo.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They beat Buffalo sixteen exactly. ten in week four.
2: Is that their only win versus
1: a, a team with a winning record? It very well might be. Cleveland's getting close. Oh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's 8-5. Uh, and five. Although Pittsburgh wasn't nearly the team they are now
0: yes. when they played New England. Exactly. They didn't have Duck Dodgers in the 21st century yet. <laughs>
3: speaking,
0: speaking of Pittsburgh,
1: segue! All right, I'm about to make a prediction that's going to land me in the doghouse, and I don't give a fuck. This week is, well, it's Civil War here in the Broadhurst Studio apartment in Youngstown, Ohio. As my Buffalo Bills play my girlfriend's Pittsburgh Steelers.
0: So you're saying this won't be a banger?
1: (laughs) Um well, since it got moved to Sunday night, we might be able to sneak something in in the afternoon. After the game, she's going to be pissed at me because the Bills are going to win.
0: I'm, I was just about to say, I looked at the line and I was like, oh, boy, that's not pretty.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. Did you know uh, Squidbit Bit Harry Edition... Jesus, you! That's gimmick, for the first infringing time.
0: <laughs> what? What was that, Eric? Jesus, you gimmick infringing fucker! Harry this or otherwise, you couldn't come up with your own name. <laughs> with
1: a victory over Pittsburgh on Sunday. Buffalo would clinch a playoff spot before the final week of the regular season for the first time since
0: 1999. All right. Yeah, well, with the real authentic squid bit, you're going up against an undrafted quarterback who won his first three career starts. The last time that happened, would you believe? 1987 Ed Robert with the replacement redacted during the strike. Why's he got a one up me on Squidbillies? <laughs> All right.
3: Because you you're stealing yeah. his gimmick.
0: Thank
1: I you. Am. I did. I okay. infringed. I totally did. Go All ahead, right. Jake.
2: On Squidbillies. <laughs> I don't know. It's like squidbillies. Just felt like saying "squid billies."
1: All oh,
2: right, Jason. I, I'm going to. I'm going to point out. something. I'm going to take a moment to gloat since I didn't earlier. Uh, if anybody would like to go back and review the preseason college football edition of the kickoff, and here's three people laugh at a, a certain ginger damas. When he made a prediction of Alabama missing the playoffs, and now that he gets to rub it in every chance that he gets uh, we yeah. I definitely appreciate it
3: yes, yes, How's yes the Browns doing? yeah, really
2: hey. hey, hey, you know the the Browns thing wasn't a really hot take. the Alabama thing you guys literally laughed at me, and I think. Uh, Me and and Eric has uh, something wagered.
1: Jason?
2: Yes, I know.
1: Don't be a Robert Taylor.
2: No, I'm I'm far superior to him. I think I made that very well known in the uh, W2M sports chat.
1: All right, let's move Um, on here. We'll We'll actually save Jason's pick for last since he's going for the throne solo. So let's go ahead and go to the person with the lowest total in a row. Hi, Eric. (laughs)
0: yeah yeah mm. you bet on the Patriots you bet against the Patriots but oh well anyways to a quarterback who quoting the great rapper Gucci Mane nobody cares work harder that's exactly what he's gonna do and since I'm not gonna be watching a whole bunch of this anyway thankfully because I've got tutoring and mm, dot 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 yeah Ravens Get it done early. Put everybody out of their misery so we can go on and doing other things.
1: So wait a minute. You're picking Baltimore against your own Jacksonville Jaguars?
0: They're playing the Jets.
3: Yeah.
1: Okay. That is right. Thursday night football.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: I'm slow. I'm slow tonight. Just ignore me. Everyone else does. Brandon, there is a phrase around these parts, especially up in Buffalo, that those who do not learn from the past
3: are doomed to repeat it. Well, see, there's a difference with with this. Because, Eric, you forgot one critical... Fr- you, you forgot one uh, critical rule. Think... You forgot one critical rule last week. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was a certain time last week.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I accounted for that when, uh... It's a mention of the Minnesota prediction anyways.
1: <laughs> Applications for fourth co-host can be sent to Harry Broadhurst. So dot com. So, so so that we, was your problem.
3: We've
2: we already talked about replacing Biscuit off air. So that, we just need a third. We don't need a fourth.
3: That was your problem there. This week, however, they're playing the bungles. So it's not Do they that have video footage. Of <laughs> exactly, they they still surprisingly had to think, thought they had to cheat to beat the bungles, but still they're gonna beat the bungles.
0: Have you seen their offense? It's honestly not as surprising as you think. Now that I consider it,
3: <laughs> yeah. <sighs>
1: I need Cincinnati to do us a solid, but I'm not expecting it. Who I really need to do us a solid is your fellow Floridian team in week 17, Eric.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: If If your fellow Floridian team could do us an ultra solid in week 17, it would be greatly appreciated. And I'm pretty
0: sure the rest of the NFL would greatly appreciate it as well. I mean, it's happened before. We got you. The power of Florida, man, will activate one way or another.
3: Well, I mean, to be fair, the the Pats do seem to struggle in that building for some strange reason.
0: Brady's only right around 500? So wait a minute, they're going to Miami on Week 17?
1: Uh, let me
3: see. My, I
1: think the game, I thought the game was in Foxborough on Week 17.
3: You may be right. Oh, wait. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Never mind. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. D- the The likelihood of that happening is very slim.
0: Florida man, don't do cold, Rodgers. <laughs> nope.
1: No, he does not. All right, so Eric had six earlier in the season. I tied him with six three weeks ago. The throne has once again been tied as Jason has a six-game winning streak active. And, well, speaking of bunnies, it looks like Jason's going for one in order to take the crown.
2: I am going to take uh, Drew Brees and the Saints over the Colts to
3: extend
2: to a seven-game survivor streak and sit on top of the throne all by my loathsome looking down at my peasants.
1: Real quick to paraphrase an old phrase about Cincinnati: Meet the bungles, greet the bungles, step on up and beat the bungles.
2: <laughs> oh, and Eric, I just, I just realized something. Um, hmm. We are going to be touring the stadium the Saturday before the
0: draft. Ooh. Because if things go well, there were plans that I might be in Vegas for the draft. I just got to cobble together a couple of things. So this would be a double very good experience. So Hell,
2: maybe I can
0: get the regime in charge some tips.
2: <laughs> we, we might get to meet some. I'm gonna work my magic and hopefully do that. All
1: right, let's let's get back to the show at hand here because now it is time for I've got a question. Although apparently Brandon and Eric have a conversation. Okay. I told you I, told you I would leave the floor to you for this one, guys. So by all means, Eric, the floor is yours.
0: Now I'm gonna have a little bit of a mild segue. Segue Because, close your eyes and imagine this. I don't trust it when you tell me to close my eyes. (laughs) Look, after what happened Monday, trust me, you don't have to worry about that. That's already out of my system. Although it's a very interesting thing. Family (laughs) show! (laughs) Anyway, so imagine this. It's the first Saturday in December. Lincoln financial field. It's still cold. You get a little bit of snow. You got the pageantry, the circumstance. Hopefully a different guy who's not orange tossing the coin. The two teams battling it out with an extra wrinkle. One of them winning the American Athletic Conference, another doing something they couldn't do the first time around and winning Conference USA. But no, after their victories over the lowly Falcons of the Air Force Academy, there's more than just the Commander-in-Chief trophy Mm -hmm. on the line. The rankings have to be delayed one week for the First time since the playoff system created. Why? Because in the new expanded 18 playoff, your conference champion army, conference champion Navy, battling it out for the eighth seed. Now, wait a minute, you say. What eighth seed? I thought there were only four. Well, and I'm sure Bisco would agree with me on this. What if uh-huh. you got rid of Conference Championship Week. What if pod conferences implemented the pod system? So that way, everything would still be settled on the field. But you could have all of your Power Five champs and your Group of Five champion and two at-large bids waiting for that very next week after Army-Navy fighting for the right to host, for the first time ever, playoff games. Marching forward to those bowls two weeks later, even with a little consolation thrown in for those unlucky quarterfinal losers, I'm gonna sit here at my desk with my sign in my blue sweater, sipping my coffee change my mind.
3: This is the and and I hate to say it because as anyone who's listened to the show throughout the years knows. I've been the most ardent supporter for the for an expansion and getting a real playoff system in place for college football. I hate to say it, but this year kind of sets them back because there wasn't really much of a debate for the top four. The last two years, they had uh, you you had UCF. Undefeated, had the opportunity, you know, should have had the opportunity to get in. The year prior, the first year that uh, the college football playoff was implemented, you had, um, I think it was Western Michigan who was undefeated, and they could have had a legitimate uh, claim to get in.
1: Okay. I'm gonna stop you right there because no team in the Mac will ever have a legitimate claim to be the national champion of college football.
3: But you have to have that potential option to Strongly put the the top, the top the top the top non-power five school in there.
0: So say so say it's not the Mac though. Like for example, if you were to look at this year's field, mm-hmm. you would have LSU hosting Memphis, Yep. you would have, and I saw this on ESPN, updated after the conference championship games, you would have Ohio State, rather instead of hosting Florida, sorry Harry, they had Baylor getting in. Mm -hmm.
1: Baylor's a two-loss team out of the Big 12, and their only two losses are to the conference champion Oklahoma. It's kind of hard to argue Baylor getting in over Florida.
0: Mm And then you have, speaking of that conference champ, you have number four, Oklahoma, against number five, you could argue with Georgia, especially because Utah kind of crapped the bed. Mm -hmm. And Oregon, after kind of resurrecting themselves, rebounding and putting a hurt on Utah, their reward is going and facing three seed Clemson. See, I would flip
1: I would flip Baylor and uh Oregon. I would argue that I would argue that Baylor's two losses are more impressive than Oregon's.
0: And again, that's doable. So yeah. you would have a nice Clemson, Baylor, and then Ohio, Ohio State, Oregon, which was the exactly. national championship game a couple of years ago, twenty twelve. Well, it was actually the first, the national championship game of the first college football playoff. So,
1: 14. Mm.
3: 15? No, no, yeah, that was 15, because the first one, it was the year that Ohio State won the national championship. Out of the four seed, which I remember, Mm -hmm. I I was thinking, you know, everyone who was a college football fan was thinking that was a big upset. But if you really think about it, it really wasn't.
1: All right. Let's... Okay, but here's my problem with the expansion to eight. And it's going to be the same problem that I had with the NCAA men's basketball tournament expanding as well. Where do you draw the line? Because if you can say that we can fit eighteens, then there are going to be those that can argue that we can fit 16. And if you say we can fit 16, there are those that are going to argue that we could fit 20.
0: Okay. I... Now, I, I can counter that argument because, yes, if you were looking at just between the FCS, Division 2 and Division Three, the only playoff that has not expanded within the past decade is Division Three at 32 teams. But with Division Three, they play a much more strict 10-game regular season. And then they have your five rounds of playoffs to where you get to the Stag Bowl. Unless, which is- you, were Mount- hmm? Unless you were
1: Mount Union this year. <laughs>
0: yeah. North Central, hopefully you can complete the job, but then again, Wisconsin Whitewater might be the last ones laughing, but that's for another day. So but Division two, yes, they've expanded, albeit much more gradually from up to 24 now 28 and the fcs in the recent years after not expanding beyond 16 they went to 20 and 24 but again no conference championship games and only fcs do they have still the 11 game season yeah i mean honestly with the bowl subdivision I wouldn't mind stopping at just the 8.
3: Yeah, I mean, while yes, theoretically, you could certainly expand to 16 with automatic bids to the conference champions, uh, which in an ideal world, I'd probably like to see. But if if you do 8 with the caveat that there has to be you know that the you know let's say the the winners of the power 5 conferences the mm-hmm. the best group of 5 uh winner or the best group of 5 team and then two uh at large bids
0: i'm mm-hmm. fine with
3: that because it sets Amen. out it sets out a distinctive uh criteria for teams to get in as close as close to as they as I quick disagree to a distinctive criteria criteria as you can get
1: I disagree, and here's why okay this actually encourages descheduling if you're in a smaller conference. It encourages you to play a lesser schedule if you're in a smaller conference in order to keep your team fresh and injury free going into your conference games in order to attempt to run the table. It discourages <laughs> teams from taking the chances that we see with these mid majors that go that go to these money games and end up pulling off these massive upsets.
0: Okay, but 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 for for, for starters, and this is why I say, and I'll go into a quick thing, using you, Harry, as an example with the pod system, you don't have a conference championship game to worry about. That's one hurdle taken away. Plus, you have that strong of a schedule... Even if, like, say, with you run the table, you wouldn't necessarily be locked into the eighth seed. You could potentially be seventh, or depending on some of the at-large teams, you could get that sixth seed. Then what?
3: And and here's the other thing too. While yes, I agree with your concept overall. A big reason for those games being scheduled in the first place now is that those pretty much are their championship games. So while, yes, so while yes, the some of the smaller schools may not want to go after the bigger schools in the non-conference schedule, it wouldn't really change all that much because you would still have those opportunities later on.
1: All right, mm-hmm. Real quick, real quick before you expand, Eric, Jason hasn't had a chance to say much in this conversation. I want to get his thoughts on an expanded college playoff.
2: Uh, I'm, I'm right there with you, Harry. Uh, it's where do you draw the line? Everybody, everybody's going to bitch and complain about, oh, uh, well, the criteria how choosing teams is going to get muddled even more. Um, and I feel... I think that, you know, even though the current system isn't perfect and, you know, I, I would support <clears throat> a expanded playoffs because we have so many uh, non-existent bowls that, that we've got way too many bowls that have subpar teams in that's not drawing. <clears throat> we could fill those those lesser balls up as playoff games for a uh, span Expanded playoff series, but like I said, I I'm a I'm a proponent of where do you draw the line about how many teams you let in because you're always going to see the argument of if a team doesn't get in, they're going to argue that they should have got in, and you're going to get a a, a group of whatever saying that they want to. Expanded even more just because their team was left out.
3: I don't think so, honestly, as long as you implement the rules that Eric and I are talking about. Because the biggest argument that proponents of the expanded playoff have is that it's basic right now, even right now, with the you know, quote unquote playoff that we have now, it's It's very subjective. It's all based on, you know, like we've seen. Now, this year, like I said, this is the exception to the rule, and this year they got it right. But in years past, you've had teams that aren't the big names, that aren't in a big conference, that have had great seasons, have had undefeated seasons, and have been left out because of where they play. And that's what you need to take out of the okay. equation.
1: You know what? I'm actually more in favor of rather than opening the door to all these mid-major conferences. I honestly think you could kind of do like secondary divisions inside of the NCAA's football complex, similar to like a relegation system, like we have in English soccer. I feel like the top independent school from each from each area. Should replace the worst performing team in each of the major conferences every year.
3: So the top non-power five of each region, so- but that would that would require a complete overhaul of the system because uh, the be, because the the G are, like back before all the rela- realignment started, that could work because each of the major conferences had a territory. Now, that's not really the case anymore.
0: Ever okay. since you had the College Football Association, which was formed by schools like Oklahoma and Georgia, sue the NCAA over television contract rights, and the Supreme Court ruled in favor of the CFA back in 1984, that argument, as Bisco just said, is out the window. You, I've seen situations to where you could even get seven divisions deep in a pro-well system going all the way down to Division Three, but logistically <laughs> it would be way too much of a nightmare.
3: Mm-hmm. And not to mention, like I said, it would require a complete overhaul of college athletics.
1: I'm a big bowl game guy. I have been since I was a kid. See,
3: I I don't mind the Bulls. My opinion has always been you can't have your cake and eat it too. Either go back to purely mythical national champions where it's just votes and all you're playing for is the Bulls and that's fine. Like a high school type system where, you know, you're only focused on yourself or make a real playoff system. Don't make it where you say, "Oh we have a playoff we're gonna we're gonna truly crown a national champion, but seventy five percent of the teams are excluded from the conversation
0: and again, you can incorporate some of the bowls into that playoff say even in our eight team system for those quarterfinal losers, you have to they can go and match up somehow in some sort of bowl games.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, real so, quick here, before we continue on with the rest of the show, because we do have a couple other things we got to get to, and we will definitely pick this conversation up again at some point, probably in the near future as we get more and more into discussing
0: the bowl games. I want to give everybody... the pod system.
1: I will give everybody a heads up ahead of time. The college football predictions we make next week will be one of the original bowl games up to the Hawaii Bowl. So you guys make sure you check the the bowl games that are scheduled from the 18th to the 24th for our predictions for next week. It could be any one of those bowl games inside of there, but you're picking against the spread. Okay.
0: Because, okay. I mean, just to kind of get this, and I'll just make this only a couple minutes. You, Harry... You are the self-proclaimed SEC apologist on the show, right? I am. You're among the SEC. You're a Gator fan, are you not? Of course. Now, pick three SEC teams you would want to play every year. I'm sure Georgia and probably Tennessee are two of the three, but... Not you pick.
1: Um, Well, obviously Tennessee is probably the biggest rival for Florida in the SEC, just because it goes back to the the glory days for the SEC back into the nineties okay. when when everything was happening. There, Georgia is probably the marquee matchup now. And okay. if I had to pick a third, if I had to pick a third from our subdivision, I would argue you could. It's a toss up between Kentucky or South Carolina.
0: Okay. So, what if I were to tell you, you would still be able to play Florida, or you would still be able to play Georgia, Tennessee, and let's just say, further argument, South Carolina, every year, but you would alternate for your other five conference games, home and homes, against everybody else in the conference, so that way, over a four-year span, or even if in a three-year span, here's you the will issue with that. Everybody in the SEC at least once, and in a four-year span, you will have played them home and away. Everybody.
1: Here's the issue with that. The issue with that is that you're talking a radical realignment to move every conference to eight to uh, eight or ten teams.
0: No, no, no. Here's the thing about the pod system. You could keep their conferences as they are. no realignment necessary. You each school would have so many per what we would call permanent rivals, and then you would have home and homes against the rest. The SEC could still have eight games, your PAC 12 could still do nine, big ten, all nine. of them. Yeah, they would still have their nine. It could work. We'll, we'll the like, potential I, trade-off would be, especially for the eight-team system, you take away the conference championship games.
1: We'll have to come back to this conversation at another time when we have more time okay. to discuss it, because... That's- we're coming up on we're coming up on a little bit over an hour into the show now. We still got a couple of other segments to get to, one of which takes a little bit of time. Just the only thought that I real quick, the last thing that I'm gonna say about this, and then we'll move on here, is I am not against fixing a broken system. And at times the NCAA's football system has clearly been broken. That being said you need to find more permanent solutions in order to fix it, rather than just coming up with haphazard theories that may or may not work given geographical locations, giving semantics and giving abilities to get these schedulings in due to availability and venues and such.
3: Agreed. But then continue. I'm not saying that it's not
1: possible to realign the schedules in order to move to a rotating schedule of playing everybody here, there. And and I think that's actually what the SEC does actually is you play all of the teams in your conference every year or the other five in on or the other six on your side. And then you rotate the seven teams in the other side of the conference.
0: Yeah, because that's the actual NCAA rule if you have a conference championship game, you either have to play everybody in your conference and have the top two, a provision made specific specifically for the Big 12, or you have to have two divisions. You have to play everyone in your division. All right, Jason, real quick, I
1: want to let you get the final word here because you haven't said much in this conversation. Um, my
2: theory is, be uh, it's, it's actually kind of simple. Um, if you do go to something uh, along a eight team or even staying at the four team, just make sure that you can't double up the conference. Uh, eliminate the SEC bias that the voting committee has. Yeah, I mean, there's times that you know two of the best teams are going to be from the SEC, but That's why you have an SEC title game. That's why you have a conference championship to represent that conference. In no way should two teams be able to come from the same conference. All right. If you're going to go, if you're, I mean, yeah, there might, like I said, there might be times where two teams are representative are two of the best teams in the nation are from one conference. But if that happens, then they play in the conference championship see who's better.
1: All right. The only issue that I have is if you're encouraging that we give out a, a bid to every champion here, then you would be looking at a team like 8-5 and five Miami of Ohio in the national championship picture this year.
2: No, I'm not saying give out a, a bid to every team. I'm saying... You cannot give. You cannot have two teams from. You can't have two SEC teams in. You can't have, you know, keep it to four. Just but ensure that they're If you're going to do the four, that it's
3: not two SEC. Teams, he He's not two.
0: Basically he, he, saying he, four he, like he, conference
3: champions. He's saying under the current system, not under the expanded yeah, I'm one. Going
2: under the- yeah, and if you go under the expanded, you can have one of those at-large bids be a uh, uh, you know uh, conference doubling up, but at, at least have your conferences represented. I mean, look at the NCAA. Uh, does the conference championship get automatic bid? Yes. Does, does this, is there sometimes when that conference championship pulls an upset? More often than not. So, I mean, you, you can't say, oh, well, just because it's a mid-major school that they don't deserve it. Exactly. You know, let, let them prove it. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if, if, they, if they're good enough, we're do it this way. The top ten teams at the end of the year play for, play for a national title.
1: Um, You're
2: in the top ten. Play for the natural
1: title. So what's one through six get a first round by seven plays ten, eight plays nine? Correct.
2: You have you'd have a ten team. Go one, two.
0: Yes, Harry uh, just had it perfectly. The yeah. top six get the first round the like go play get the first round by seven plays ten. 8 plays 9, and how it would really line up, you would have the 7-10 winner play the 2, the 8-9 winner play the 1, 3 played 6, and 4 played 5, if you're sticking with the true bracket system. Uh-huh. All right.
1: Again, we can continue this conversation for the rest of the show. We have other things to get to. I'm sure we will circle back to it during the offseason because there will be times where we won't have... Tons of stuff to talk about this this during the offseason. So we'll circle back to it later. For now, we're going to tell those who are underperforming, unlike the college committee who did get it right this year with the four teams that are in, to get it together.
3: Eric?
0: Oh, you know what? There's a saying that John Dorsey really needs to hear. If he can't stand the heat, don't hire Freddie Kitchens. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I, I was not a fan of the Pittsburgh started a T-shirt. I'm not a fan of always looking like, you know, this is your side gig when I need to be talking to you and Home Depot about what kind of tile that I get to use. It's clear how the Browns are going to, it's not working. I know why Dorsey hired Kitchens. That was stupid in of itself. But I'm telling the organization, especially after this whole OBJ situation, him supposedly telling other teams and coaches, hey, come get me, come get me. Baker Mayfield either staying at a Holiday and Express one night or deciding that he can play doctor on TV, discussing this whole situation with him and his sports hernia. For the love of every holy deity known to man, Cleveland, get it together. Hard Knocks was great, but you're not on reality TV anymore. Even that's too far for this right now. Jesus, I predicted they would still be a dumpster fire, and boy, are they proving
3: (laughs) me right. Uh, as I said at the beginning of the season, Browns are going to Browns, and I think Jason would have to agree with me. Hey, OBJ, you reap what you sow.
2: Oh, I'm... I, I, I was one of the main people to be against the OBJ trade, and then I started seeing... When he threw Eli under the bus, the way he did, and then uh Say, he came out and said that he's so happy to be playing with a, a real quarterback uh, that, and he's not going to be hampered with his abilities and everything. Yeah, and um, how is that working out for him? <laughs> uh, he then threw Baker under the bus, threw the coaching staff under the bus. I mean... I think the kid's got talent, but I think he's going the way of Terrell
0: Owens. He's just not happy, and he's never going to really be happy. Even if he got a switch with the Rams or the Niners, I'm very inclined to agree with you. I believe the term Jason
1: is looking for is perennial malcontent. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's (laughs) very
1: correct. And unfortunately, we've kind of seen that become something of a status quo in the NFL, where if things aren't going my way, then I want the fuck out. Mm -hmm. I take you to earlier this season and the conversations that we just had once again about Le'Veon Bell running out of the Jets, Mm -hmm. running out of Pittsburgh, after sitting out for the entire year because he wanted out of Pittsburgh. Now you're looking at potential franchise tags for Dak Prescott in Dallas, and he's going to one out of Dallas after Ezekiel Elliott wanted out of Dallas unless he was paid. My point being is that for superstar athletes and the way that we treat them nowadays, nothing is going to be enough, and especially with the higher salaried athletes in the National Football League.
3: Well, I think a lot of these – Athletes need to start understanding, and you know there are some exceptions to the rules. Oftentimes, at the quarterback position, um, where you need to think: Do you want a title, or do you want to get paid? Because they are not mutually exclusive.
1: I think you mean they are mutually exclusive. Yes. Okay, you're correct.
3: They're so are going to
1: get or you're going
0: to win be on a good
3: team that will get you a championship. You chase
0: money or you chase rings?
3: Exactly.
2: I chase puppies.
0: Well,
3: and bunnies more specifically. But anyway, moving on. Uh, Brandon, get it together. My get it together this week is to the Houston Texans who lost to the Broncos this week. Uh, yeah, you're supposed to be the the top team in the AFC South, uh, you should be able to beat the Broncos. Yes, the Broncos have been playing a little bit be- better as of late, but still, especially after putting that walloping on the Patriots last week, um, yeah, get it together. They will. Oh, I'm sure they will. I'll talk about them more later. Dun-dun-dun. Dramatic reverb.
1: Jason, get it together.
2: My getting it together is not only for one week. Mine's for a seed. Um, just curious. How can you be one of the most bipolar quarterbacks in the NFL? You have two receivers and the top 10 in yards of touchdowns. Yeah, and if you would guess that that quarterback is Jameis Winston, you're higher than draft pussy because no one would, would believe you. But, indeed, it is a fact. Up till Mike Evans got hurt, him and Godwin were in the top ten receiving, and he is also leading the league in interceptions and just boneheaded place altogether. So, uh, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is a very hot take. Uh, You're not going to see Winston under center next year, but the most sought-after coach in the offseason will be a familiar name for myself and also Harry uh, due to Harry... You know, being in the Youngstown area and being familiar with this, the O coordinator and uh, that is under Bruce Arians currently, and being able to see some of his exploits here at Marshall University, and that's Byron Lickwich. I'm think he's familiar
3: him.
2: with him, too. <laughs> well, only because he's black.
3: Uh, and he played for the Jag.
0: Yes, you forget he played so, several
3: years here for the Jaguars. It's going to be everybody. interesting to see uh, Leftwich because he was he was one of the original more running style quarterbacks. So he could very well help a younger uh, dual dual threat quarterback.
2: Uh, I think if he lands with somewhere that has a solid uh, quarterback that is a dual-threat quarterback, uh, I think that, that that's going to be something something special. I think you're going to see him, uh, in which I'm going to go out on a limb. There was, there's been talk here in Huntington that Doc Holiday may be on his way out. And Marshall may pursue Leftwich as the head coach to come home and coach here in Huntington.
0: you better him coming home to Marshall than coming here to Jacksonville because we've put him through enough. <laughs> but, I mean, I, with the, speaking with the uh, infamous Jameis, I mean, you got to be special to throw for over 450 yards Four touchdowns and three interceptions. Not everybody can do that. That's a season stat line for some quarterbacks.
1: (laughs) Yes, it is. uh,
2: You know, I just want to throw us out there, the Bisco, since me and him share a a favorite NFL team. Um, There's talk that the Giants may be looking for a head coach.
1: There would should be, be more talk at this point. Yeah.
2: Would that be nice? How would you feel if we at the Giants signed someone like Leftwich to take uh Daniel Jones under his his wing and lead him? Would that be something that you that would intrigue you as a fellow Giants fan?
3: I mean it would be an intriguing pick, definitely. I just don't know if Jones is enough of that style of quarterback to really be that much be helped that much by a Byron Leftwich.
2: Well, Leftwich Leftwich relied on his arm more than his legs. True. He he had the he had the ability to run, but he was always a pass first quarterback. He would beat you with his arm. And then keep you contained with his legs.
0: Yeah, but Jason, think about it. Do you really think Byron would want to go from infamous Jameis to Danny Loose Change? I'm sorry, to me that's lateral.
2: Well, uh, it it all depends on the draft, where the Giants end up. Draft. Um, I think I think Gettleman's on could be on the hot seat with uh, his snafu because honestly, I think that if the Giants would have went the route that I had hoped they went, they would have not only still had their got, got their franchise quarterback, but still got a solid defensive player that they could have anchored a defense around. But, that being said, Hudson such twenty twenty. Who knows what's going on in New York? As a fan, I would love to know.
1: Fifty career carries, or excuse me, fifty career games started. One hundred and thirty-seven carries, four hundred and fifteen yards rushing for Byron which in his career. Nine hundred and thirty of sixteen oh five. For ten thousand five hundred and thirty-two yards passing for Leftwich,
0: and that's exactly those are the stats of why we eventually went to David Garrard. The issue with
1: Leftwich as a starting quarterback, though, is he was under five hundred as a starter.
3: Well, it didn't help he was in Jacksonville. Actually, believe it or not,
1: he was over five hundred in Jacksonville. It was when he left Jacksonville that he went zero six as a starter.
3: And lost his above 500 record. I forget. Where did he go right at? Where where did he go after Jacksonville? Pittsburgh. Oh, you're right.
1: Atlanta first. Atlanta first. Then to Pittsburgh. To Tampa Bay. And then back to Pittsburgh. 0 2 in Atlanta. 0 3 in Tampa Bay as a starter. 0 1 in Pittsburgh as a starter. All statistics courtesy of ProFootballReference.com, highly recommended website. Make sure I throw a link I'll make sure I throw a link into the uh to the show preview real quick. All right, um so my get-it-together goes to a pair of teams who have something in common. Would you like to guess what they have in common, Eric? Uh, mm. I'll give you the teams. Are you ready? Ready. Detroit
0: and Carolina. They've both oh. signed off the dicks
1: this
0: year. Well, they both, had situ- they both had situations to where they had losing records but involved a tie, and they're both on this year on backup quarterbacks.
1: By a combined score of 48 to 37, these are the two teams that have lost to the redacted over the last two weeks.
0: Oh, that
1: too. <laughs> Although w- Washington is coming off of a loss to Green Bay. Although Green Bay should get it together for the way they played against Washington, only winning by five.
0: At home, At- no less.
1: Yeah. All right, so the entire NFC East is the dumpster fire. We have pretty much established this. Here's the thing, Philadelphia. You were given a gift by Chicago on Thursday Night Football. You were basically handed the division on Thursday Night Football by Chicago because if, you guys, if Philly can win out, they were handed the division by Chicago because they will yeah, have a but, scary- that,
0: but that would have involved basically everybody circling Week 16 against Dallas, which imagine if that one ends up in a tie. Then we're really going to be miserable.
1: Man, if that team ends up in a tie, then Dallas makes it due to the head-to-head win. <laughs> Anything that keeps Dallas out of the playoffs is cool in my book. But seriously, teams facing Washington, get it together. That goes for you, Detroit. That goes for you, Carolina. And that goes for you, Green Bay. All of you, get it together. The whole freaking lot of you.
0: Oh, if only that division could have ended in that four-way massacre of 6-10. and Oh. <sighs> <sighs>
1: Sadly, Eric, you know how that 6-10 and 10 massacre ends? Dallas. Dallas. Mm-hmm. Because they played all of their in-division games earlier in the season and went 4-0 oh in them.
0: Well, Still but have- then they go ahead and they potentially get beat or, you know, bitch-smacked at home by old rival San Francisco in the wild card round, and everybody's happy.
1: Actually, they get bitch-smacked at home by old rival Seattle in the wild card round because San Francisco's winning the West. Uh, Seattle did themselves no favors losing to the Rams on Sunday night football the way that they did.
0: Part of me agrees with you, but again, Darby, will be revenge.
1: All right, you guys ready to? for Are You Serious and to wrap up the show?
3: Yep. Yes.
1: All right, so we have a special format for Are You Serious this week. We're going to start with the NFL prediction because the NFL prediction is going to stick to its traditional format, at least plus three. The lines were not good this week. I'm going to be blatantly honest with everybody listening at home. There were very few games when they originally came up that were above three. A couple of them have snuck towards the three lines, so we'll see if anybody jumps on them. Jason, you had a very bold prediction earlier in the show about Denver and Kansas City. Care to put your money where your mouth is?
2: You're damn right. I'm taking Denver plus nine and a half.
1: Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun.
2: <laughs> And I will go on record. If Denver wins outright, I advise all three mm-hmm. of you to mute mm-hmm. the W2M sports chat.
1: I'll go next year. My official are you serious prediction for the week is Chicago over Green Bay. You know what I just mentioned about Green Bay at home against Washington? Yeah. Well, now they're facing a Chicago team that has some momentum and still has an outside possibility at a wild card spot in the NFC. It is very outside possibility, but to quote Dumb and Dumber, so you're saying there's a chance.
0: You're welcome, by the way.
1: I am hmm. <laughs> officially taking Chicago plus five and a half. Although I do think green Bay wins the game though, but Chicago covers. It happens that way.
3: All right, Brandon, you're up. Uh, remember how I was saying the Texans should get it together. You yeah. I, I think they, they will get it together this week and beat the Titans. Texans.
1: What's
3: Plus the number? Three. Plus three. So, actually, when
1: I first looked at the score lines, I don't think that game was eligible because I think that was one of the ones that was sitting at two and a half when yeah. I first looked. So, it's gone up to three in favor of Houston. Yep. That's for the outright lead in the AFC South,
0: too. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. And the come- fact that they'll be also be seeing each other again real soon after this. Correct me if I'm wrong, isn't that a Week 17
1: and probably the Sunday night game for Week 17? Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed it is. All right, Eric, you're up.
0: Now, you have, we talked about this early in the show, especially with the Niners. Emotional game, emotional win. Plus and this is an interesting trend, not just this season, but going back a ways. Look at teams who are very good against the spread. Look at teams who are god-awful against the spread. If you bet on those teams that are terrible against the spread, you're doing yourself quite a bit of a favor, and you're making yourself a tidy profit. The stars are going to align. I think the Niners win, but the Falcons, plus 11, cover.
1: After an emotionally draining game against New Orleans, that 11 lines
0: way too much. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was actually bet up a little bit. That one was floating 10, 10 and a half. Mm
1: -hmm. Speaking of 10, 10 and a half. What are things Michael Jackson's lawyer said? <laughs> no. Okay. Now now I'm the one getting us thrown. Out. The views and opinions of Harry Brothers do not. No, never mind. Anyway. All right. So I bring up that number because that's the line for the only game in college football this week. And to be perfectly blunt about it, the only game in college football that actually fucking matters. I don't care what the records for these two teams are. I don't care that Army's five and seven. I don't care that Navy's nine and two. I don't care that Navy could have potentially played last week had Cincinnati beaten Memphis. None of that matters to me. This is the game in college football because we've talked about this for the last two years on the show. And I will stand by this statement here. The men that play in this game and the women that attend these academies are the best and the brightest that this country has to offer. Therefore, you're going to pick this game against the spread, which at current, I believe, is Navy minus ten and a half. Yes. But let's be blatantly honest here, gentlemen. The real winners in this game are all of us as citizens of the United States, knowing that we have these young men and young women looking out for our future.
0: Especially after the recent unfortunate tragedies that have unfolded in primarily Pensacola, but... All throughout the country.
3: Brandon. (sighs) This is a tough one. Because I definitely think Navy is going to win this. But especially with it being Army-Navy. These games. No matter who's the better team at the time. This is the game that both schools look forward to all year. This is their national championship. I think it's going to be closer than 10, so I have to pick Army against the spread. Care to throw me a prediction? I'll say Navy by... I'll say Navy by by 7. Jason.
2: Army straight up by
1: three.
0: 21-18. Eric. Army beat Navy to win the collegiate sprint football league title about five short weeks ago. A 13 to nothing shutout. I don't know I, I think this is the first time that I've said this since we started talking about this game go Navy beat army Navy wins by two touchdowns
1: Navy is playing for more than just a victory over army here Navy is playing for the commanders and commander in chief's trophy as well Navy beat Air Force. Army lost to Air Force. Therefore, a Navy victory would bring the Commander-in-Chief trophy back home to Navy for the first time since 2016. You can't tell me that doesn't mean something to those men and women at the Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland. If (sighs)
0: Army—because
3: I don't fully know how it officially works. If Army were to beat Navy, who would get it then? with no one because I it's it a it would, circle I would, or a triangle? I
1: believe it I believe it would go to point differential.
3: Oh, okay.
0: I'm know, not the, in, in Bisco, you were actually right. The term for that is circle of death. And if it were five teams, it would be a Death Star. <laughs> dun,
1: dun, 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 dun. I'm going to get a suit. Alright, maybe one. <laughs> To stand behind what Eric just said, go Navy, beat Army. Yep, agreed. I will – it doesn't matter how many times we pick this game, in my heart I will always root for Navy to win this game. Yep, same here.
2: It's just because yeah. you like
1: saving <laughs> it. Way to ruin a pleasant moment, Jason. Perfect timing as always.
0: Um, dude, it actually would not go down to point differential because there have been multiple occasions to where the trophy would be shared.
1: So, what they would each get custody of it for like four months?
0: <laughs> well, it will. Well, no, weekends case, only. See, <laughs> in, in this case since the trophy would officially be shared since army currently has with position, me. it would it would stay with them but it would be considered a shared trophy and that would be the first time since 93
3: Well or, or they could what just really, settle it on the basketball court what really
2: would happen is Every other weekend, they will meet in the local Walmart parking lot <laughs> for the exchange.
0: But which local parking lot? I mean, a an, going- an Air Force,
2: an Air Force, get, an Air Force gets it two weeks out of the summer and the you holiday.
0: Hey, you're dealing with you know Colorado Springs, Annapolis, and West Point, New York. <laughs> I'm just saying I ain't
1: trusting any parking lot in Colorado Springs.
0: I don't know. Unless you still have Lieutenant Joe Kenda around, then you may be okay.
2: All right, let's wrap up. I'm falling asleep.
1: We are going to wrap up here, actually. So, yeah, like I said, it really doesn't matter who actually wins the game on Sunday. My, My big wish and my biggest hope, and we've seen it in previous years, and I hope we don't this Saturday. I want all of these young men to stay safe. The game is great. Competition is wonderful. But remember that those are your brothers. Tempers will flare during this game as they are wont to do. But these are the men that will be on the battle lines with you once the time comes if this nation needs you. And for that, we all say thank you.
2: And Harry still loves Seaman.
1: To keep, I had to keep silent with what I was thinking because, well,
0: frankly, I didn't, I didn't want to go there. (laughs) Anywho, remember the views and opinions of Harry (laughs) Broadhurst, W. Two M. (laughs) Network. I was waiting for
1: uh, they,
2: they fully, they don't result in the kickoff, but they fully represent W. Two M. (laughs) Network to stop the kickoff.
3: We're going to hell. It's okay. Enjoy the say. ride because it's going to be swell.
2: I'm driving the bus.
3: It's a short bus. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All and, right. Just, and, and now that we've want come... just
2: this out there as a side note. The chick referee for AEW is kind of hot in a way. Just throwing it out there.
1: Paul Hebner? Aubrey Edwards?
2: Uh, I don't know. The dark-headed chick... I'm assuming Aubrey
3: he's
2: Edmund. talking about
1: Aubrey.
2: I don't care, Aubrey. dude. I, her name means nothing to me. <laughs>
1: well, then again, then again, MJF, MJF refers to Jen Decker as Tits McGee. Which, to be fair, Jen Decker did become famous in this country because she was shaking her boobs on a on a primetime college football broadcast. So you know. That's the infamous Musburger chick, Eric.
0: I know. It just makes me pine for the days. It makes me wish I could have been alive when Morgana the Kissing Bandit was at her peak. God, let me tell you. Mm. Mm.
3: Jen Becker. This this has officially completely gone off the rails?
1: Nope, we're wrapping it up. Don't worry. For Jason Teasley, Brandon Biskabing and Eric Watkins. I'm Harry Broadhurst. This has been episode fourteen of season three of the Kickoff here on the W2M Network. We are a presentation of the W2M Network online at w2mnet.com. In addition, you can find us in all of your favorite podcast listening services: iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean, Castbox. Hey, Brandon, guess what? Spotify is here. And And I love bunnies. Dick. <laughs> Hopefully, somebody heard me because Jason spoke over my line.
3: I did, I did hear it. who you said.
1: I said Braxton Sutter's a dick. Oh, okay. And I if said, we love bunnies. If you would prefer a more contemporary reference, Pepper Parks, <laughs> you should understand what that means. Okay. If you don't, I will explain it when we're done. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you guys next week with the first of the bowl predictions as well as our Week 16 NFL predictions and discussion from this week in the NFL as well. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time here on The Kickoff on the W2M Network.